O Passes to India, Chapter 24, Part 1 Making sudden changes of gear, the heat accelerated its advance after Mrs. Moore's departure until existence had to be endured and crime punished with the thermometer at a hundred and twelve. Electric fans hummed and spat, water splashed onto screens, eyes clinked, and outside these defences, between a greyish sky and a yellowish earth, clouds of dust moved hesitatingly. In Europe, life retreats out of the cold, and exquisite fireside myths have resulted. Balder, Persephone, but here the retreat is from the source of life, the treacherous sun, and no poetry adorns its because disillusionment cannot be beautiful. Men yearn for poetry, though they may not confess it. They desire that joy shall be graceful and sorrow august and infinity have a fall, and India fails to accommodate them. The annual helter skelter of April, when irritability and lust spread like a canker, is one of her comments on the orderly hopes of humanity. Fish manage better, fish, as the tanks dry, wriggle into the mud and wait for the rains to uncake them. But men try to be harmonious all the year round, and the results are occasionally disastrous. The triumphant machine of civilization may suddenly hitch and uh, immobilized into a car of stone. And at such moments, the destiny of the English seems to resemble their predecessors, who also entered the country with intent to refashion it, but were in the end worked into the pattern and covered with its dust. Adela, after years of intellectualism, had resumed her morning kneel to Christianity. There seemed no harm in it. It was the shortest and easiest cut to the unseen, and she could tack her troubles on it to it. Just as the Hindu clerks asked Lakshmi for an increase in pay, so did she implore Jehovah for a favorable verdict. God, who saves the king, will surely support the police. Her deity returned to a consoling reply. But the touch of her hands on her face started prickly heat, and she seemed to swallow and expectorate the same insipid clot of air that had weighed on her lungs all the night. Also, the voice of Mrs. Turton disturbed her. Are you ready, young lady? It peeled from the next room. Half a minute, she murmured. The Turtons had received her after Mrs. Moore left. Their kindness was incredible, but it was her position, not her character, that moved them. She was the English girl who had had the terrible experience and for whom too much could not be done. No one, except Ronnie, had any idea of what passed in her mind, and he only dimly for where, where there is officialism, every human relationship suffers. In her sadness, she said to him, I bring you nothing but trouble. I was right on the Maidan. We had better just be friends. But he protested, 
for the more he, she suffered the more highly he valued her did she love him this question was somehow dragged up by the marabar it had been in her mind as she entered the fatal cave was she capable of loving anyone miss quested adela what do you call yourself it's half past 7 we ought to think of starting for that cold when you feel inclined she's saying her prayers came the collector's wife sorry my dear take your time was your chota hazri all right i can't eat might i have a little brandy she asked deserting zehova when it was brought she shuddered and said she was ready to go drink it up not a bad notion a peck i don't think it really helped me burra sahib you sent brandy down to the court didn't you mary i should think i did champagne too i'll thank you this evening i am all to pieces now said the girl forming each syllable carefully as if her trouble would diminish if it were accurately defined she was afraid of reticence in case something that she herself did not perceive took shape beneath it and she had rehearsed with mr magbride in an odd mincing way her terrible adventure in the cave how the man had never actually touched her but dragged her about and so on her aim this morning was to announce meticulously that this train was appalling and she would probably break down under mr amrit rao's cross examination and disgrace her friends my echo has come back again badly she told them how about aspirin it is not a headache it is an echo unable to dispel the buzzing in her ears major calendar had diagnosed it as a fancy which must not be encouraged so the turtons changed the subject the cool little lick of the bridge was passing over the earth dividing night from day it would fail in 10 minutes but they might profit by it for their drive down into the city i'm sure to break down she repeated she won't said the collector his voice full of tenderness of course she won't she is a real sport but mrs turton yes my dear child if i do break down it is of no consequence it would matter in some trials not in this i put it to myself in the following way i can really behave as i like cry be absurd i am sure to get my verdict unless mr das is most frightfully unjust you are bound to win he said calmly and did not remind her that there was bound to be an appeal the nawab bahadur had financed the defense and would ruin himself sooner than later let an innocent muslim perish and other interests less reputable were in the background too the case might go up from court to court with consequences that no official could foresee under his very eyes the temper of chandrapur was altering as his car turned out of the compound there was a tap of silly anger on its panes a pebble thrown by a child some larger stones were dropped near the mosque in the maidan a squad of native police on motorcycles waited to escort them through the bazaars the collector was irritated and muttered magbrights an old woman but mrs turton said truly 
After Muharram, a show of force will do no harm. It's ridiculous to pretend they don't hate us. Do give up the farce. He replied in an odd, sad voice. I don't hate them. I don't know why. And he didn't hate them. For if he did, he would have had to condemn his own career as a bad investment. He retained a contemptuous affection for the pawns he had moved about for so many years. They must be worth his pains. After all, it's our women who make everything more difficult out here, was his inmost thought as he caught sight of some obscenities upon a long blank wall, and beneath his chivalry to misquested resentment lurked, waiting its day. Perhaps there is a grain of resentment in all chivalry. Some students had gathered in front of the city magistrate's court, hysterical boys whom he would have faced if alone, but he told the driver to work round to the rear of the building. The students jeered, and Ruffy, hiding behind a comrade that he might not be identified, called out the English were cowards. They gained Ronnie's private room, where a group of their own sort had collected. None were cowardly, all nervy, for Quiver's reports kept coming in. The sweepers had just struck, and half the commodes of Chandrapur remained desolate in consequence, only half and sweepers from the district who felt less strongly about the innocence of Dr. Aziz would arrive in the afternoon and break the strike. But why should the grotesque incident occur? And a number of Mohammedan ladies had sworn to take no food until the prisoner was acquitted. Their death would make little difference. Indeed, being invisible, they seemed dead already. Nevertheless, it was disquieting. A new spirit seemed abroad, a rearrangement which no one in the stern little band of whites could explain. There was a tendency to see Fielding at the back of it. The idea that he was weak and cranky had been dropped. They abused Fielding vigorously. He had been seen driving up with the two councils, Amrit Rao and Mahmood Ali. He encouraged the Boy Scout movement for seditious reasons. He received letters with foreign stamps on them and was probably a Japanese spy. This morning's verdict would break the renegade, but he had done his country and the empire incalculable disservice. While they denounced him, Miss Quested lay back with her hands on the arms of her chair and her eyes closed, reserving her strength. They noticed her after at a time and felt ashamed of making so much noise. Can we do nothing for you? Miss Derrick said. I don't think so, Nancy, and I seem able to do nothing for myself. But you are strictly forbidden to talk like that. You are wonderful. Yes, indeed, came the reverent chorus. My old das is all right, said Ronnie, starting a new subject in low tones. Not one of them's all right, contradicted Major Callender. Thus is, really. You mean he's more frightened of acquitting than convicting? Because if he acquits, he will lose his job, said Leslie with a clever little laugh. Ronnie did mean that, but he cherished illusions after about his own subordinates. 
and he liked to maintain that his old das really did possess moral courage of the public school brand he pointed out that from one point of view it was good that an indian was taking the case conviction was inevitable so better let than india indian pronounce it there would be less fuss in the long run interested in the argument he let adela become dim in his mind in fact you disapprove of the appeal i forwarded to lady melanby said mrs turton with considerable heat pray don't apologize mr hislop i am accustomed to being in the wrong i didn't mean that all right i said don't apologize those swine are always on the lookout for aggrievances said leslie to propitiate her swine i should think so the major echoed and what's more i'll tell you what what happened it is a damn good thing really barring of course its application to present company it will make them sequel and it's time they did sequel i have put the fear of god into them at the hospital anyhow you should see the grandson of our so called leading loyalist he little brutally as he described poor nureddin's present appearance his beauty is gone five upper teeth two lower and a nostril old panala brought him the looking glass yesterday and he blubbered i laughed i laughed i tell you and so would you that used to be one of these buck niggers i thought now he is all septic damn him blast his soul er i believe he was unspeakably immoral he subsided nudged in the ribs but added i wish i had had the cutting up of my last assistant too nothing's too bad for these people at last some sense is being talked mrs turton cried must you hear her husband's discomfort that's what i say i say there's not such a thing as cruelty after a thing like that exactly and remember it afterwards human you are weak 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 why they ought to crawl from here to the caves on their hands and knees whenever an english woman's in sight they ought not to be spoken to they ought to be spat at they ought to be ground into the dust we have been far too kind with our bridge parties and the rest she paused profiting by her wrath the heat had invaded her she subsided into a lemon squash and continued between the sips to murmur weak weak and the process was repeated the issues miss quested had raised were so much more important than she was herself that people inevitably forgot her presently the case was called their chairs preceded them into the court for it was important that they should look dignified and when the chaprasis had made all ready they filed into the ramshackly room with a condescending air as if it was a booth at a fair the collector made a small facial joke as he sat down at which he in Doris smiled and the indians who could not hear what he said felt that some new cruelty was afoot otherwise the sahibs would not chuckle